Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lexington Air Leader and Kentucky.com. It is Sunday, November the 6th, 2022. My guest today is Mark Story, my fellow columnist and friend and colleague from the Lexington Air Leader and Kentucky.com. Uh, Mark and I talked about Kentucky's 21-17 win over Missouri in an SEC football game on Saturday out in Columbia. UK improved to 6-3 and in the season. They're 3-3 three and three in the SEC. They take on Vanderbilt at Kroger Field next Saturday at noon. That game is on the SEC Network. Mark and I also talked about the UK's basketball season opener, which is Monday night against Howard University. That's a 6-30 start at Rupp Arena. That's also on the SEC Network. So, without any further ado, let's get to my conversation with Mark Story, first on UK football, then on UK basketball. Okay, I want to welcome Mark Story into the podcast. How's it going, Mark? It's going good, John. Uh, Kentucky with their win over Missouri, 21-17 yesterday out in Columbia. Uh, so a lot of mistakes by Kentucky, but still able to pull out the win. What was your uh, overall impression of the, the game on Saturday? Well, I've watched that Kentucky play a mistake-laden game against a team that they had a chance to win and have watched them lose that game for years and years and years and years. So I don't minimize you know, the ability to pull it out. You know, They certainly did a lot of things that made it harder on themselves than it had to be. And you start with they spent the whole first half in Missouri, on Missouri's side of the field, and came out of it with seven points, you know, missed two field goals. The place kicking continues to be just an epic struggle. You know, Missouri had missed a field goal and UK basically gave it back to them by having 12 men on the field, gave them a second chance. You know, again, they couldn't, you know, protect the quarterback. They gave up a ton of tackles for loss. I want to say 11. Yeah, and, um, I think six I mean, or seven in the first half. If there's any evidence that the offensive line is making any significant improvement, it's eluding me. Uh, but all that said, you know, they, they, they did find a way. You know, the, the, I don't know that I've ever seen a team benefit by snapping the ball over the punter's head, but sure enough, right. that was a, you know, and, and I actually, th- you know, I know there was a lot of contra- well, a lot of discussion about whether Goodfellow made the right play, that he should have just kicked it out of the end zone. But I actually think in that game situation, if, you know, maybe it was risky to try to get a punt off, it was better to get the punt off because if you kick it out of the end zone, you're only up two, and they have a really good kicker that you know can kick from 55 in. 
you know, and have a pretty good chance. So, you know, probably, you know, it was maybe it was a high risk play, but the fact that he got the kickoff, I think, was the right play. And obviously, the the roughing the the punter, you know, allowed him to basically run out the game. It was a. It, and the other thing I thought, you know, I, th- I think Kentucky does have good young talent. And I thought some guys, you know, I thought, you know, Trevin Wallace played really well defensively. And I thought Andrew Phillips for the second game made, made plays. And I thought offensively, I think Jordan Dingle is you know, becoming a big weapon. And I thought, you know, Dane Key and Barry on Brown made big plays. Yeah, let's go back to the punt. Yeah, Mark uh, Colin Goodfell, the ball was snapped over his head. There was about a little less than three minutes to go. Kentucky was up 21-17. And Mark Stoops said after the game that his first inclination was, you know, take the safety. He should have taken the safety. But he was able to get the punt off uh, just as they were bearing down on him. In fact, that brought about the roughing penalty uh, that he was punted and got hit at the same time and was injured, had to be carted off. I haven't heard anything today about what his uh, situation is. Mark said he you know, hoped it wasn't too severe, but said he was in severe pain when we talked to Mark after the game. He got it out to about the 40-yard line. But, yeah, I thought it was, you know, definitely they were better off with him getting the punt off. Of course, you know, the fact that he got the punt off, because if you take the safety, like you said, it's 21-19. Missouri gets the ball back on a free kick. They do have a really good kicker in Harrison Mevis. He's a good long-range kicker. He struggled from <laughs> short distances this year against Auburn. He missed one against South Carolina uh, yeah, against South Carolina from, I think, a 21-yarder. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just a great play, heads-up play. My thing, too, is that he was able to get to the ball and, you know, pick it up on the bounce before it got to the end zone and was able to kick it out. And, uh, yeah, just a great heads-up play. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that was definitely better than uh, – getting the safety. Uh, yeah, you're right. First half, they had to, I believe they had the football in Missouri Territory, five of their six possessions, and only ended up with seven points. Um, okay, we'll talk about a bad thing before we get to a good thing. I mean, what at this point, what can you do about the special teams? Mark first said yesterday, don't even ask me about the special teams. We've got to get it fixed. Then he relented and said, well, you know, you can ask me about the special teams. And we're like, well, we're going to ask you about the special teams where you want to be asked about it or not. The two missed field goals. I thought on the first missed field goal, Ruffalo rushed it. If you look at the replay, he he was leaning into his approach before the ball was even snapped. He could have gotten a false start penalty. The second one, I almost put that on Stoops. The wind was blowing. 47-yard field goal. To me, that was a risky kick. Now, Stoops and Brad White said after, both said after the game that the at times during the game, the wind had died down. But uh, I thought he was almost – yeah. that was going to be a hard kick to make on the 47-yarder. The 12 men on the field, Stoops took responsibility for that. He said Missouri sub late. They got their subs in, the ones they wanted to get in, but they um, – a defensive lineman did not come off the field. Stoops also said, I asked him, I said, did you think they were going to fake the kick? And he said, uh, to be honest with you, I was hoping to catch him in a timeout. Instead, Kentucky gets a 12-man penalty. Mevison missed the first kick. He made the second one. And then Goodfellas made a great play, but it was also a ter- just a horrible snap. I mean, we're you know nine games into the season, and these mistakes keep happening over and over. What do you do at this point? Well, I assume that they don't have anybody else to try. I know they've tried two different long snappers. And I think a lot of the problems go to the long snapping. I think it's somewhat gotten in the head of the of Ruffalo a little bit. And, you know, I, 
you know, I wouldn't be averse to trying another kicker, but I assume, you know, Ruffalo has been a good kicker, you know, over the course of his career. He's, you know, he hadn't been Austin McGinnis, but he's been good. Yeah. But, you know, it just, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's an adventure. I mean, will you hold your breath anytime, right. you know, anytime they try a place kick? Right. Yeah, they've had missed extra points this year, blocked field goal, blocked extra points, you name it. You know, they've had, as Mark said, the same things uh, that hurt them in the past, reared their ugly head. Uh, yeah, I think you make a really good point about the young talent, Dingle on offense. Obviously, Dane Key, two touchdown receptions. He had the 22-yarder where he made the catch, broke a tackle, got into the end zone, which turned out to be the game-winning touchdown. And then Trevin Wallace, uh, linebacker subbing for the injured DeAndre Square. I mean, he was all over the field. He had nine tackles, uh, three tackles for loss and a sack. Uh, he just had an outstanding game. So, from yeah, from that perspective, especially, you have to be encouraged by what these young guys are doing. Yeah, the, I mean, the young talent is is impressive. And, you know, obviously in a portal area, I guess you have to be somewhat concerned. But assuming they can hold it together and hold their nucleus together, you know, if they can plug some holes, they should be in good, you know, good shape going forward to have, continue to have, have good teams. And, you know, I thought, you know, I think Andrew Phillips is another player. I thought he played well at Tennessee and he, I thought he made some plays yesterday. And, you yeah. know, he's a player that's coming on. And, and you're, we're seeing the benefits of depth because, you know, they've obviously, you know, lost two guys that we thought would be starters, you know, at safety in Jalen Geiger and Vito Tisdale. And then they're playing without both their starting, you know, inside linebackers. And, and, and the guys that have come in are playing pretty well. Right, right. And uh, in Kentucky's defense, or kind of take up a little for the Kentucky offense, Missouri came into the game 18th in the nation in total yards allowed per game. It wasn't a there had been a stingy defense, especially here of late. And Kentucky was able to produce uh, on that drive when Missouri went ahead 17-14. Kentucky came right back down. A couple of big plays by Dane Key in that drive. He had a 19-yard catch on the first play, then the 22-yard catch uh, for the touchdown. On my Twitter timeline, at least, big debate about the six sacks. Was it the offensive line's fault? Was it Levis's fault? Was was it the fault of both of them? Was it the fault of Rich Gangarello for putting him in that position? Where do you come down on that? Well, I think Levis, I don't think pocket presence is his greatest strength. I think he does hold the ball. You know, too too long in times when it you know seems apparent watching the game that he just needs to you know throw it away and live to fight another day. Now, and somewhat I understand when your arm is as strong as his, you probably always feel like you're you know a second away from throwing a seventy yard touchdown. But um, you know, I think the quarterback is part of the problem in, on some of those sacks. Yeah, I think so too. He holds on for too long, and they told us after the game that Will is not—he's not practicing at full speed like he normally does. He told us he's about seventy-five percent of what of uh, what he should be. He was wearing a boot uh, on, on that uh, left foot after the game, uh, so you know that probably figures into it as well. Uh, but you know, the other thing is maybe Rich Gangarello called the game from upstairs for the first time this year. Uh, he relayed. Uh, we asked Will. Who, who was the guy down on the field that you were talking to, getting the uh, information from Rich, and he said C.J. Conrad, UK's former tight end, was basically the messenger when uh, Will wasn't talking to Rich uh, uh, directly. Uh, did you see any difference as far as like a game plan or anything like that as far as Kentucky's offense was concerned yesterday? I can't really say that I did. Yeah, I can't either. <laughs> I can't either. So, uh 
anyway. How did you think Will played overall uh, outside of the sacks? Well, I thought he, you know, he won the game, and he's sixteen and five as Kentucky's starting quarterback, and that that's that's pretty good. Yeah, you know, I thought he made some good plays. You know, I, I, it, it, they're just so disjointed offensively. I mean, they're yeah. they're they're kind of hard to watch. Yeah. And um, I mean, it's just uh, you know, I think yeah, you know, obviously, I think some some of that uh, probably maybe a lot of it is just the offensive line issues, but you know, I can't help but wonder if what they're doing is so complicated that they have to think instead of just playing. Yeah. We asked Rich about that during the week and Rich, he didn't deny that. He said, you know, we got young players and that sort of thing. He didn't exactly say, uh, you know, Oh no, it's not too complicated. Uh, and, and Mark Stoop said on month, last Monday, that was something that they were definitely going to look at. Um, but there wasn't really a whole lot of talk about that, you know, uh, after the game. Uh, so now Vanderbilt on Saturday, it's a noon game on SEC Network. Kentucky's sitting 6-3, and 3-3 three, three and three in the SEC. If they could beat Vanderbilt, that would mean that they would at least have a 500 season in the SEC. I kind of wrote today for Monday's paper about how, you know, we get, I don't know if spoiled is the right word, but, uh, you know, they went from 1978 through 2015 where they only had six seasons where they were uh, – uh, 500 in the SEC and did not have a winning record in any of those seasons in the SEC. Uh, this would be, I believe, the fifth in the last seven years for Mark that they have, uh, would accomplish that. I mean, obviously, they didn't reach their goals of, of making that Georgia game mean something and having a chance to win the SEC East. But still, the seven straight bowl bowl uh, appearance they clinched that they've got six wins as we talked last week if they could finish out strong i think it would put a little better taste in people's mouth and definitely they have to be vandy they can't mess up against a vandy team that uh, while improving uh, they should still be a heavy favorite i would think against well vanderbilt comes to lexington having lost what 25 sec games in a row yeah, i think so that now you and I covered a, a game one time where Vanderbilt broke a twenty-three game league <laughs> losing streak against Kentucky, and there, the game starts, and there couldn't have been two hundred Vanderbilt students in the stands, oh, yeah. and they got way ahead, and all of a sudden, you know, fourth quarter, it starts, the stadium just starts filling up, everybody shows up, and then they rush the field and tear down the goalposts. Right, <laughs> that was in two thousand three, Brook Rich Brooks' first year, and that was one of the. And I don't know that I've ever seen or heard of a team tearing down the goalpost after beating Kentucky, but yeah. that was an all-timer. And you know, obviously, uh, you don't want to be the team that lets you know Vanderbilt off that streak. Right? You know, they, Vandy has really struggled this year defensively. Hmm. You know, they're get, going into the South Carolina game. They were giving up four hundred and seven over four hundred seventy yards a game, giving up almost thirty-seven points, and that was pretty much they gave South Carolina had thirty-eight. Um, you know, you just Kentucky needs to get on top of them and not give them hope and just, you know, just right. sort of assert its will. So what you're saying, if this Kentucky offense can't move the ball against the Vanderbilt defense, all hope may be lost for this Kentucky offense. Well, not, it, every game <laughs> not is an individual thing, but it, it, <laughs> it would be bad not to move the ball on that right. defense the way it's playing. Right. Right. So, yeah, uh, so Kentucky-Vanderbilt football on Saturday. Uh, like I said, it's a noon game on the SEC Network. After we come back from the break, we're going to talk about Kentucky basketball because the Wildcats open the regular season on Monday night against Howard, and Mark and I will talk about that after this break. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. 
And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, back here with Mark Story, my fellow columnist at the Herald Leader. Mark, Kentucky basketball, the two exhibition games are out of the way. Uh, Kentucky beat Kentucky State handily on Thursday night. Now Howard comes to Rupp Arena on Monday. John Calipari said on Thursday that he would be stunned or shocked, whatever the word was, if Oscar Shibway plays a Monday night. Uh, Severe Wheeler did not play the other night. He's injured. We don't know what his situation is going into the game on Monday. What, what are you looking for in the regular season opener from this Kentucky basketball team? What, what will you be paying attention to? Oh, probably how they shoot it, um, the de- the defense, perimeter defense especially. You know, for all the focus there was last year, the way the season ended, and all the focus on you know John Calipari's allegedly outmoded offense. I thought that team's problem was de- defense. I mean, opposing guards just lit them up from February and into March, and in the St. Peter's game, you know, two guards scored over twenty points. Now, I think that's addressed. I think they're longer and more athletic and you know, look more like the teams that Calipari had success with in the NCAA tournament early in his Kentucky tenure. But yeah, that I mean, just how Kentucky shoots from the perimeter and then just how they defend the perimeter are probably what I'm going to be most focused on. Yeah, I should also mention that we don't know if Damian Collins will be there Monday night. I suspect that he will not. Of course, uh, Damian's father tragically passed away last week unexpectedly. He was not with the team on Thursday for the game on Thursday. But as you've mentioned before, this is a longer team, even without Damian the other night. Uh, the new guy, uh, Dugana, or however you say Onse, I, I can't get the name right. Uh, he looks like a shot blocker. He's a, he's a work in progress on the offensive end, but he looks to me like a guy who can give him some minutes on, especially it, when you need some uh, you know when you need good defense. Yeah, I think this freshman class is sneaky good. You know, obviously, Case and Wall- Wallace and Chris Livingston have gotten all the attention, but the the, the big player whose name I'm not even going to attempt <laughs> and uh, Adu Thierro, I think are both really. You know, I've been really impressed, and I think this. You know, I think all four of these guys, if given the opportunity, are, are, are going to help Kentucky. Yes. Yeah. I. Do, I, I yeah, definitely. I think, uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, Uganda Onyenso, O-N-Y-E-N-S-O. Uh, and I, I, I will try to get, I promise I'll try to get better as the year goes on. But, uh, yeah, he, the, yeah, I think he's going to give him some minutes. The arrows look better than expected. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see when you talk about perimeter defense. I mean, Severe, uh, he's a really good on-the-ball defender, but he is what five nine five ten, where Kaysen Wallace is obviously bigger. He's not maybe the traditional point guard that Severe is. Uh, he doesn't have Severe's experience, but uh, you know he he's got in his calling card coming out of uh, high school or prep school was that this guy can be an elite defender, elite defensive player. It's going to be interesting to see as the year goes along, especially when Severe gets back, how John allocates those minutes between those guards. Yeah, it, it is, it, and you know, I I'm as I I like Severe Wheeler. I like him as a player. He obviously you know has 
I won't say limitations, but there are some parts of his game that, you know, can be problematic at times. I think, assuming they are healthy, I think Kaysen Wallace is a little bit of a security blanket. Yeah. If you get into one of those games where Severe just doesn't have it or where, you know, his lack of outside shooting or his height is being exploited, you have another option. And that, that wasn't always the case last year, even though they did have Ty Ty Washington. But, you know, I think to some extent they have a, a little more. They have more. They have a, a backup plan for that this year if they get into that kind of game. Yeah. On the other end, their shooters. Uh, they did not shoot the ball well in the first exhibition game. Shot the ball much better uh, the other night against Kentucky State. Antonio Reeves got off to a really slow start, but then he started really filling it up in the second half from three. And we know what kind of shooter CJ Frederick. Uh, is and and it's good to see CJ out there. We kind of all gasped the other night when he took a fall and then immediately started holding his leg and knee. But he got up after that and was fine and uh, seemed to be okay. But I do think this is going to be a better shooting team than we've seen. Yeah, I'm I'm biased to guys who played high school basketball in Kentucky, so that that's my bias. But I was really impressed with CJ in the the two uh, two exhibitions. You know, I'd watched him enough at Iowa to know you know he's a good player and he's not just a shooter. Uh-huh. I mean, he he does other things. He's a really good passer. You know, he gets the ball where it needs to go, and he's not a bad perimeter defender. You know, he was Iowa's best defensive player. Now, Iowa is a notoriously bad defensive team, but nevertheless, you know, he was the he was their best perimeter defender. So, you know, I think he's a good all around player. And I've been really impressed with Reeves. I mean, I, he obviously had that one bad exhibition game, but you know, in the Bahamas, and I didn't see the blue white game, but it sounded like he played well there. And you know, he obviously got it going against K State. You know, I I like him, and I think. I think he and CJ, you know, the, the sort of, you know, again, they sort of have a backup. If one of them's not hitting, they've still got the other one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, so Kentucky starts it off on Monday night at basketball. This is that time of year where we have the overlap. Kentucky has two basketball games this week, Monday and Friday. Uh, the football team, as we said earlier, is in action on Saturday against Fandy at noon. Uh, the start time Monday night is 630 against Howard. That game is also on the SEC network. Uh, Mark will have uh, plenty of coverage. He'll have his uh football matchups and prediction later in the week. Uh, You can follow Mark on Twitter at Mark C story. Anything else I should alert him to Mark? Uh, I think we've covered it. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. And Mark, I know you put on Twitter that you were playing hurt at Tennessee, aggravated your injury at Tennessee. You were not at Mark Stoops press conference last week. Uh, How's that going? How's your rehab progressing? And will you tell us more about your injury than Mark Stoops tells us about his players? I will. I'm going to come clean on my injury. I, I have, I have weak ankles. So I've, I have, a lot, I, I do a lot of sort of semi sprains, and I'd had a sprained ankle, but it was getting better. And I was having my best day in a long time uh, the day of that Tennessee game. And then to get to the press conference after the game at Tennessee, you have to go down through the stands. And I was headed down, and I was sort of the last person in the Kentucky media gaggle. And I got distracted, and I took my eye off where I was stepping. And when I looked back down, I was going to miss a step. So rather than risk, taking a bad step in the stands, this was at the bottom. I thought, I'll just jump down onto the field and just sort of take that out. Well, when I did that, I landed on my bad ankle, which was my left one, and it completely rolled up underneath me. And so I went to the turf, which fortunately nobody else in the media saw, so that was a plus. (laughs) And um, when I got back up, uh, my ankle felt like it was on fire, 
And uh, I limped my way into the press conference and then I limped my way back to the top of the stadium and made it back to the press box. And then by the time I had written my column from the Tennessee game, I could barely walk because I mean, it tightened up and it really hurt. Um, long story short, I did not break anything, but I had some strained ligaments. I was wearing a protective boot for three or four days last week, but I'm out of that and I'm able to put weight on it. I mean, I can still tell it. it's not um, 100% normal, but I'm a whole lot better than I was the last time you saw me. So you and Will Levis have a couple things in common. You both have had your foot in a boot, and you're both playing through uh, p- uh, playing hurt. So that's there you go. <laughs> so, so there you go. Well, so and you plan on you said you're going to try and be at Stoops press conference tomorrow, correct? Yeah, my plan is to be at the news conference and to be at the basketball game. There so you we'll see how there that goes. Go. So be sure and look for plenty of well, I will both we'll both be at the Stoops press conference on Monday. We'll both be at the basketball game on Monday night. So look for all of our coverage from there. Uh, Mark, hope the ankle continues to get better, and I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Thanks, John. See you tomorrow. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. My thanks as always to Mark Story. Follow Mark on Twitter at Mark C Story. Follow me on Twitter, John Clay IV, UK basketball on Monday night. Uh, the Cats play Howard. As I said, it's a 6.30 start on the SEC Network. Follow my live updates on my sidelines blog. Also, you'll look for my three takeaways after the game, which will also be on the sidelines blog as well. Hit Kentucky.com and go to that subscription tab. Look at subscription offers for a digital subscription to, the Kentucky, to Kentucky.com or to the print edition of the Herald Leader. We appreciate everybody who supports our work. We appreciate everybody who supports the podcast. Give us a rating and review on where you get the John Clay podcast. Thanks again to Mark's story. We'll have plenty of Kentucky coverage during the week, and we'll catch you next time on the John Clay podcast.